don't have another um I don't have another sneeze saved. Actually a sneeze is coming. Here we oh, go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Empty Space Podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What an entrance. Oh, how's Let's get her going. Yeah. You didn't even finish saying it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, um, uh, boy. This welcome back. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a good episode. Um, coming to you from Lynn slash Pembroke. Yeah. We have a pretty special episode for you kids. Uh, we have Mark Giuliano, guitarist of... One of my favorite up-and-coming bands. I don't know about you, Steve. They're really good, uh, man. Yeah. Really, uh, really good. Goalkeeper. Oh, uh, yeah. If you haven't heard of them, go check them out. They are a Philly, New Jersey-based band. Uh, they have three EPs out. Um, the latest one, Life in Slow Motion, came out in 2020. Bad Times Don't Last um, came out in 2018. That's my personal favorite. And Gut Feeling back in 2017 was a three-song EP. I believe that they are recording another EP or a full length as we speak. Not sure on that. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we will. We shall, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- these guys are awesome. They definitely take me back to like that um, early to mid-2000s pop punk feel. Oh, yeah. Very big, like, big, like the blink, blink style too. Yeah, blink, like newfound glory. Um, I can hear a lot of neck deep. Yep. In them as well, um, which we'll get to. Yep. Um, Do you know they're coming to Massachusetts? Yes, they are actually in a couple weeks. September twenty first. Yeah, uh, it's a Tuesday night. That's pretty sick. And maybe the Empty Space podcast will be there. <laughs> maybe they won't. We don't know. Well, it, it, we will have to see. I think we? we should bring him on because he is here and ready to rock and roll. Let's go, So baby. let's bring on Mark Giuliano. <laughs> yo, yo. Uh, yo. Is this, is this video record or just audio? Uh, it's just, you, we do just audio, but it's video for us to watch. No, no, that's cool. I was making sure because there's a massive glare with my glasses and I didn't want to like, freak viewers out. Oh, oh no! no, no. <laughs> totally good, man. Yeah, usually I'll throw it on YouTube just for fun, but um, nah, we're all pretty much just straight audio. I'll try to sit on my good side of the cool angle. Always look cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's yeah. up, dude? How's your day going? So good. Just got uh got back from work. Long day, so it's nice to be able to come home and just do this, and I'm gonna eat food afterwards. So oh Very yeah, nice. I just what's ate. on the menu? <laughs> Uh, so I make, I picked up cooking from the, uh, pandemic. And so I made this chicken bruschetta bake. Ooh. So, um, you know, you know, bruschetta is with like mozzarella cheese mm-hmm. and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So you basically put like chopped up like chicken in there and you like mix in like chicken stuffing mix and all that. And you just like oh. throw it all together and bake it for like 30 minutes and it rules. Oh my wow, goodness! Dude. All right, we're coming over. We're not going to do this podcast. <laughs> Just drive down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. How about you guys? How are you guys doing? Good, hanging in there. You know, just living the dream. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had a long, long day, of, but I was productive and I feel satisfied. Day off today. Got to hit the Fuck gym. Yeah. No hockey. Sad face, but it was a good day. <laughs> you know, I just kind of hung out and got ready for this. And uh, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. I appreciate you coming on the Empty Space podcast where we talk about pop punk music and more importantly, mental health and how they, um, they coincide with each other. So uh, thank you very much for coming on. Okay, dude. Thank you. This is yeah. fun. Absolutely. So, um, goalkeeper, uh, absolutely fantastic band. You guys slamming it big up and coming band. Um, you guys are like the, I guess for me, the closest thing to like the excitement I had when Blink-22 came out when it's like just that sound that has Mm -hmm. its own sound, but it also has those similarities where it's like exciting to hear. So, I just wanted to start off by saying like how excited I am to have you on and that you guys kick some serious ass with what you're doing. Dude, thank you so much. I think that was always a goal too. It's like, cause we're all older, you know, like I'm 30, our singer Ryan's 31 going on 32 this year. And even our drummers like 26. So um, like the, like he was influenced. Our drummer Cody was influenced by like the more sad boy era, like one of the years and all that. Um, but me and Ryan grew up where Blink, Newfound Glory, you know, early fall, boy, they were like the kings. That's who you like, you know, were striving to be. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't want to be a dated band because it's so easy as a pop punk band to just completely sound too old school where it's like, yeah, I've heard this before. It's not that interesting. And, you know, so it's always that walk that fine line. It also doesn't help that our singer sounds like Warren Coppins. So. <laughs> <No>, oh, <it's, laughs> yeah. But it's so true. It is. The amount of times we thought people people reached out to us and said, yo, is Mark Hoppus featuring and happy? Does he sing the intro? I'm like, no, it's not. Well, we might as well we might as well start promoting it that he is. It worked for Hot Mulligan. Maybe it'll work for us. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah that's some good publicity <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Just put like an asterisk next to it so people will be like, what does that mean? And then, you know, yeah. screw it. <laughs> that's, asterisk, what does it mean? Not featuring Mark Hoppus. Like, featuring. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I feel like people um, wouldn't even read that. They would just see Mark Hoppus and be like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, they would. Yeah. But see, that'd be funny. Maybe that's not posing off of... Uh, Hot Mulligan that we could just be like happy not featuring Mark Hoppus. And I was like, <laughs> duh. I mean, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. But, Dude, so, so if you, out of Mark, Tom, and Travis, the original OGs, because we're the same age as you. I'm 29. Batch, you're 30. Mm-hmm. Um, what, who was your favorite, Mark, Tom, or Travis, just out of curiosity? Uh, I think Tom. I think, I mean, anyone who plays yeah. guitar, you're going to say Tom. Um, I think he really was like the key factor so i think a band that stays well together is like every person fits a role that maybe was like unspoken at first right and you don't even realize the impact that each person was going to have on that role like green day is another great example right like no one knew the impact of bass playing that mike Dern was going to have in the pop the punk rock world no one knew the influence you know trey cool was going to have on the drumming of punk rock especially because he was just so simple just fast and you know really good and consistent and billy joe billy joe doesn't need any explanation but um <laughs> so i think for me it was yeah it was definitely tom in that sense because his riffs are just unreal like unreal and like yeah. very underrated too everyone i mean there's a reason he stopped bad lot because they are hard to play mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so like you kind of <laughs> you kind of sacrifice playing really really tight 
for their energy. So it's like, if you're going to play real bad, at least you're jumping around like an asshole and just, it's like a lot of fun. <laughs> that's very true. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like my whole thing. But I think, I mean, I love them all, but yeah, Tom, Tom's a guy. I'd say we both agree with that. Speaking yeah. of batch, right? <laughs> oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So that's yeah. like, basically that's how I felt about Tom as well. Maybe not as like, um, you know, I know you're, with the guitar being so personal, but I think I just felt Tom's energy was like so much, you know, better, not better. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I just like Tom better. And I thought he brought this different element to the game. And I think you made a good point with green day. And it's funny you mentioned that because we were actually just uh, breaking down green days, dookie, which is coming out soon. Uh, We did that album breakdown and we were talking about how underrated the drumming and the bass was like, it's just so underrated. And it was kind of like Scott back in the day for blink too. And how underrated they were, because I think they get just overshined by, I think the band as a whole and then the lead singer. Yeah. Well, they do. I mean, and I think, and that's the thing, like the common person and that's not to be insulting, but like when you're not a musician or someone like, or just in the music industry where you're like looking at songs from a different perspective, you don't recognize all of that. Like when we listen to songs, we can hear like, you know, that baseline, that drum fill, like all of it. But you pop on a Green Day song to any average radio listener, and that's how they know them. They're just singing the choruses and the words. They mm-hmm. don't give a crap like what <laughs> Dern or Trey <Trinkler, laughs> yep. They don't even care what Billy Joe's doing on guitar. They just like, <laughs> I know. you know. They're waiting for the chorus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Don't bore us. Get us to the chorus. And that's like what made <laughs> them and Blink and all those, you know, newfound glory like so huge is they just knew how to write really good, catchy pop songs using like pop punk songs using the pop song like song structure yeah mm-hmm. um i mean and timing all this other crap too but like you know for the <laughs> most part so and that's kind of like what we strive to do as well um is you know can we like put on our song and like is the 13 year old kid going just as crazy and loving it as like the 63 year old guy or girl mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so it's like for us as long as like our our mom and dad's friends actually like it and come to our shows like we're good too <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah dude I fuck with absolutely that. but speaking of shows you guys have a uh tour coming up life in slow motion tour correct yep we do we start thursday uh we're driving we start out in cleveland and we're doing um so it's kind of cool especially being from the area that we all live in like mid-atlantic northeast is you don't have to go out for 30 days you know or mm-hmm you can go out for seven to 10 days and hit seven to 10 different cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of abuse that now for our touring and like what our future touring plans are as well. Um, so yeah, so we're doing 10 days. Uh, we're actually coming to Boston Tuesday. Yep. Um, so that'll be the first time, first time playing Boston approach, which is absolutely criminal. But every time, <laughs> yeah. every, every time we had it booked it got canceled you know the last time it got canceled was covid of course like everyone else but even before that you know a venue would shut down or you know something stupid so we finally get to play boston which is great that's so sick that must be so exciting to get to play a place that you've been like waiting to play for years or at least whatever it is that it took you guys to get there yeah it is um I think especially now it's, it's kind of hard. It's like real emotional just in general to be playing shows again. Like we just, we just played DC and the show was amazing, but it's still weird. Like we roll in, we set up, we sound check, we, we play. And it's like, we're still, no, we're not playing shows yet. Like we're still in COVID mm-hmm. <laughs> because the second you get off the stage, you're hearing like, 
the COVID numbers and the issues and oh, the yeah. non, people aren't getting vaccinated. So there now there's like 14 different variants in the world <laughs> happening now and like all this stuff. So you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm in a dream. It's all going to go away soon. <laughs> so like, <laughs> we're trying to, you know, it's still, it's still kind of surreal. Um, but man, people are coming out in numbers too. It's rad, you know, and oh yeah, following, you know, following protocol like no one's giving the venues any issues which is great no evil karens or kevin's or kyle's <laughs> um, kyle's down here um everyone's following policy which is sick so i think that also makes it a lot less stressful too is we can like go on tour and know that like and feel confident like, there's no there's gonna be no issues no one's gonna come into the venue and start getting drunk or having an issue because they have they're told to wear their mask or something so right um but yeah, so it is. That's a very long answer to your question of must be exciting to play in New York City. No, it's it awesome. Is. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's great. But yeah, we get to play some old cities that we've played numerous times, like Rochester and Long Island again, and stuff like that. So um, we haven't seen some of those friends in over twenty months. So wow. it'll be nice to like, yeah. So it'll be nice to just get to see everyone again and hang out and talk and, um, yeah just like everyone else who's getting back out there and playing shows again. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you, are you all from Philly? No, uh, no, actually. So um, I'm from Philly and then Ryan and Cody are actually from the South Jersey area. Oh, specifically. okay. It, yeah. So what was the scene like for you? I mean, it was probably the same as it was for us a little bit with um, pop punk music in Philly. So believe it or not, like Philly kind of has very sporadic bursts of scene, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. So like when the Wonder Years were like coming up, let's say, you know, in the kind of late 2000s, early 2010s, the scene was like in, and I, I can speak for that part because I, I wasn't around for like the early 2000s when, when the starting line and stuff were coming out in Valencia. Um but in the Wonder Years, the Mano, I Call Fives, Major League, like that kind of South Jersey Philly scene, it was like people were coming out, like they were selling out YMCAs of like 600 kids, like oh, these shit. shows. Yeah. Um, it was nuts. And then it's like you kind of get this big burst and it dies off. And then from like 2013 to 2016, it was like dead. And I'm talking dead. Like you were, you were trying to be a pop punk band, set up a show. And you had to like ask your dad's best friend who plays in like a Iron Maiden drunk band to like <laughs> fill out the show. Oh man. Um, and so like when we started in 2016, there was like a surplus of bands kind of coming up. Um, it's us, like Friend Circle, Midfield is another Philly area band, um, Merit and a few others. And that kind of was like really strong for a while. And so now it's a, uh, now we're kind of getting our feet wet again because a lot of bands broke up mm -hmm. and there's not as many places to play. So yeah, it kind of like, it goes in waves, honestly. The same thing with South Jersey, you know, it's all about like waves. And I think like scenes kind of start because like a band or a few bands are actually doing something that people want to experience, mm. you know, you know, you get like, if you get 30 bands, but all of them are kind of just like mediocre or just like yeah. just another local band, it doesn't really entice anyone to come out, but when you get a band like the Wonder Years, who all of a sudden are releasing game-changing records, and then they're actually going on these tours, you know, like, oh, man, like, my friends in the Wonder Years just toured a four-year strong. Now they're coming back home. Like, I got to go see them. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 
you know, and then that kind of like influences a lot of other people. And we were very lucky that we live in a very influential area. You know, I mean, I, the list of pop punk bands just from Philly and South Jersey just goes on forever. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but one thing I will say about them is much like Boston, I imagine, like if you suck, you know, yeah, oh, or like, yeah. They, yeah, they'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, like they will, they will straight up. People will tell you, they'll, you suck. Just, oh, yeah. This is, they'll talk shit on you to your face. Like, I don't oh, care. yeah. <laughs> yes. um, yeah that's, that's true. People will tell you, like, oh, I'm not going to come to your show because you suck. Yep. But, <laughs> like, oh, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of nice, too, because this, you know, if you get to stick around or you get to, you know, you're on stage and you turn around and see 200 kids in front of you, you know, you're doing something right, which feels really, really good, especially coming from such like a, you know, like a tough area, you know, people have a lot of opinions, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, obviously then all their friends have opinions too. So, you know, if you get to overcome that. It's super rad um, and exciting, but it also makes you work harder as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Now, are you uh, have you ever been to Boston before or Massachusetts yeah, in general? Actually. Yeah. Um, so I used to go to the Four Year Strong uh, Worcester anniversary a, a holiday show like every year. Nice. Um, that's where I was introduced. Actually, I was actually introduced to a decent amount of bands at those shows, like Make Do Men, Make Do Men, Paris, and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not gonna tell this story just because stupid long, but I got into pop punk like really late. Yeah. So I was like freshman in college when i was finding out that like fallout boy was a pop punk band <laughs> <laughs> they were to me they were, they were to me they were just a rock band you know oh, and, shit. <laughs> and stuff because they're on the radio i just thought it was just rock and roll i didn't realize pop punk was a thing and then yep. you know when i actually learned because i had got connected to friends who started playing that um a lot of doors open so that was cool but i used to do that and um yeah, me and Ryan, actually, we were in Boston a few times this past six months because we actually bought a van from our buddy Tori from Bloom up there. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Nice. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were selling our van, and we got it, and it's, it's tour ready, finally. We used to tow in this uh, little conversion van, and so for yep. a three-piece, it's not terrible, but we play a lot of big gear. Like, I have a, like a 412, our bass has an 8x10, big drum oh, set. And so, like, you'd have to sleep, like, straight up, like, your back. <laughs> and that, and so melatonin and a lot of weed was, like, our best Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was so old, you couldn't keep the air heat on. So, Ooh. like, in the summertime, you just had, and the windows didn't really open. So, like, you just had to deal with the, you know, the humidity and the heat in the That's van. Cool. In the winter time, you just had to deal with the cold and you couldn't, like, lay out. So, this is the first time we actually have like a passenger van where like the you can lay across the benches and the Ooh. chairs like recline far back. So you guys are bougie you know. now. Oh, we're red. <laughs> we're red. We're like actively not seeking places to stay so we can just sleep in the van. That's. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you guys like when you traveled when you didn't sleep in the van? Was it like like friends and stuff, or did you guys crash at motels? Mm-hmm. Uh, always friends. Always friends. That's cool. Oh, I was wearing noise. Um. <laughs> Sorry, right, I sneezed at the beginning of the podcast. So that was a weird hiccup noise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was always friends uh, who would let us crash. Our um, yeah, I think the only time we ever did hotels is if we were playing slash doing like some sort of like festival and we were at some place for like a long oh, okay. weekend. Makes sense. You know, well, we're you know and stuff like that. Maybe it's like the end of the tour, or, like the run. 
and yeah. like you have a little bit of money to spend but that shit racks up quick mm, you know you're oh, spending yeah. you know even like getting like a, a, a sleazy motel for like 50 bucks a night you're still spending <laughs> close to 70 after like fees and shit mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um and to do that for like 10 days be like 700 bucks like yeah like we're lucky if we you know bring home 150 dollars a show yeah and 75 to 100 of that goes to gas <laughs> so yeah. um but that's one of the reasons we did do like the upgrade and i mean i'm sure a lot of bands already know this but those who were listening who don't like invest in a comfortable van you know something that can like fit you comfortably and you can lay and you can kind of make your own because you save so much money and you can just sleep so much better and you know, us being a three-piece, we don't have a whole lot of available drivers. Like, our drummer's not allowed to drive at nighttime because he just falls asleep behind the wheel. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. have a, that's have not a Oh, and he, <laughs> he just doesn't care. He'll just be out and driving. And like, he doesn't I'm, care. I'm just going to sleep now. He's like, bro, I'm going oh. to bed, all right? He's like, no, you're driving. <laughs> no, I'm going to bed. It's okay. It's like, quite, qu- quite literally. Yeah, it's like that literally. episode of The Office when I think they're going to Jim and Pam's wedding and Michael mm-hmm. has the glasses on. Mm-hmm. And he like sits there, and all of a sudden he like shakes awake, and he's like, "Wow, these glasses are really dark. I was just asleep for like a half hour." <laughs> and Dwight's <laughs> like, "You were what?" <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like, so he's, so he's not allowed to drive at night. Um, and honestly, we like to party, so like, we're not. We really shouldn't be like driving that like, like that longer yeah. anything like that after a show i mean we, we stay sober enough but it's like yeah so it's just easier you know yeah. make make things as comfortable as possible so you can just even if you just roll out into the like there's been a couple of venues that say you know, park your van out back and just like sleep there We're like thank you that's cool that's <laughs> oh that's really awesome cool. yeah but it's always fun you know get to see everyone we're kind of getting to the point where we've played uh, some cities enough times where we have um a lot of friends, people who are just like fans of the band, but also like other bands that we became friends with. So we get to finally see all of them again. And it's almost like a little reunion every time we go back, which is really, which is really what it's all about for us. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Go ahead, Batchy. So I was just looking at the, um, the lineup for your show in Boston and that's pretty stacked with promise game, friend circle. Is that golly golly lagging? Yeah, it's a like lolly gag. Yeah, it's yeah, like lolly gagging. It's called golly lagging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that should be, and you're and you're in Austin too. That's like, there was some legit. That used to be a pretty um, pretty solid punk scene back in the day over there. Yeah, that's what Tori and a lot of friends were were telling us, especially at the time where like transit was really up and coming, and I lost mm-hmm. the words and. Um, was it lions lions right yes yep you know stuff like that they're like you know you you couldn't go anywhere in boston without there being like an epic show going on almost like every night yeah there's uh there's definitely hopefully they let you park out back there because there's tons to do over there yeah that's what we're because we have to go to brooklyn the next day after that so we're like we don't have to make a drive because sometimes some of the drives are a little bit longer so it's like you have to leave and make some headway Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like I purposely want to make sure that happens so like we don't have to drive <laughs> overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like park up, let's park up in Boston and just go explore the city and just like roll into our van afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta all right. Yeah. So I, I, I gotta ask the uh most uh basic oh, question here is just wh- what's where's the name come from? Goalkeeper. 
So uh, it's quite on. Well, they basically was just like, Hey, let's throw out fucking names. <laughs> and <laughs> um, it was at a time where like the sports references and trees were really popular, you know? So like you are either a midfield <laughs> or like, an oak view or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And we kind of we kind of just kept like rolling around with different names. We almost called ourselves like Oakrest at one point. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> um, there is a band called Oakrest, so no diss to you guys. I'm just saying. Um, but, uh, you just know what it means, okay? You got to explain it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, just have a disclaimer. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So uh, Ryan threw out the term goalkeeper. I was like, what about this? And we're like, it's short, catchy. And we all kind of agreed right away. And we have this like motto that anytime you get into business with somebody or do something with like creative in any way, or if you can't agree on like the band name or like the name of the company or anything like that, like everyone collectively agrees, it's like, it's probably not going to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And we heard Goalkeeper, we loved it. And um, I mean, the corny side of it too is like in the beginning of the band, we had a lot of, this was like our weird this is like the first band all of us were trying to take like very like kind of more a little bit more seriously with like music and stuff and so we wanted to um you know it was kind of like hey there's these goals we want to keep oh, <laughs> oh my brain didn't even that's go pretty there. solid i like yeah it. so it was like you know so the you know the basic side is just like yeah it's just a cool like sports reference because that's what was cool in 2016. um but then there's also like the, you know, a little bit of uh, when we got together, we're like, hey, there's like certain small things we want to try to accomplish like each year of the band. And, you know, how do we accomplish those goals or keep them? So that's like the, you know, the little personal reason behind it. Nice, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We get complimented all the time though. So that makes me feel really good. Like we'll get yeah. everybody. There's like goalkeeper. Good band name. Like uh, when we were in California in July, Jeff from Let Live, the guitarist, like showed up because I mm-hmm. guess he's like friends with our manager. He was there. Oh no shit! And he's he's like goalkeeper. I was like, yeah, Jeff, nice to meet you. He's like, great band name. I just like walked away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when you smile and go, wow, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm gonna go back to my tequila shots. <laughs> but yeah, so I was. So it's always been you know simple but no one can pronounce it correctly everyone we talk to it's gold keepers which makes a little bit sense because of our accents we just sound like drunken idiots um <laughs> but some the stu- <laughs> we'll get like people spelling it two words like goal space keeper which is like uh, all right i get it um but i'll never understand people who capitalize keep it one word but capitalize the g and capitalize the k i'll never get that one i don't know <laughs> Our yeah. education system's fucked. That's all. Yeah. I know. Can't agree no, with that anymore. That definitely that drives me nuts when people do that with Green Day too, because they'll they'll make it one word and it'll be yeah. capital G, capital D, and I'm like, no, it's two words. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Get it right. No. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so it's always just been a been a good ride with that. Or I think we're gonna keep it. It's been five years. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But, man. Yeah. What do you got, Batchy? So you guys have worked with um as you've come up, you guys have worked with like some pretty pretty big names in the scene. You worked with um I mean you're signed to Vinny from Less Than Jake's record label. Here we um, are. 
you recently worked with Will from Cartel, who was mm-hmm. personally one of my favorite lead singers in bands of all time. And your recent album was mixed and mastered by Seven Will Barlow. And yep, uh, no one uh, knows who that is. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how they're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not from the service so far, so I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, wait, yes, they are technically, right? It's, they always joke around who ripped off who. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been. That must, be, that must be awesome. Yeah, I mean, the one person, too, I want to shout out. I feel like he never gets enough credit is um our main producer is actually Kevin Mahoney from Hit the Lights. I was actually yeah. gonna mention um, that too, yeah. Yep. He's another awesome so, band. Yep, and he also, for those who don't know, he started uh Polar Bear Club. That was his band. No shit. Oh wow. I didn't yeah, know that. He, yeah, he actually he started it and then Wow, okay. Um they didn't want to take it seriously. Cause he like got out of a band that was signed and was kind of doing some stuff, but he hated it. So he quit and he wanted to do more of like, kind of like a melodic kind of post hardcore esque, like what they ended up being. Mm-hmm. And it was great, but the rest of the guys were like, eh, not really. Like, I don't, I want to go to school. I want to go to college. And so he's like, well, that's when hit the lights opportunity presented themselves, you know, presented mm-hmm. itself because he knew like their drummer or something. And uh, he's like, God, they got to take this. And so he did, he did the whole hit the lights. He joined right when they were about to start recording, like skip school. And um, then Polar Bear Club decided to like do something with it, release a couple songs, and end up being what they are. So he was like super happy for them. Excuse me. Um, another band, if you or if you like hardcore and you haven't checked oh, these yeah. guys out, Holy War from Holy Rochester. War? Holy War. Yeah, yeah. On band. yeah, that's his yep. band. He's, Is it yep, really? I did um, not know that. I know that band. Yeah, he, yep. yeah, he, st- he started that too. No shit. Uh, with that's his, fucking with his homies and Yeah. I I think they're one of the heaviest bands I've ever heard. They're um, sick. So and he does a lot of uh, like songwriting. He's written some country songs. He lives in Nashville. So he also plays. His main gig now is he plays bass for Joywave, that indie pop band from yep, Rochester. Yep. No so shit. that's his main. That's his main thing. Um, so to kind of, I'll, I'll try to keep it concise. Um, our first year as a band, we played that four chord music festival in Pittsburgh. It was the year like the starting line in state champs. And um, the guy, Rishi, who we're, we're friends with, he owns it. He threw us the opportunity, which is forever grateful for. He's the man. Um, we suck. We had the worst show ever. We're not, <laughs> not ready for that. A, a show at that caliber. The songs weren't there. Our stage presence wasn't there. Our gear wasn't there. Like nothing about it says we should have been playing that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was, what was awesome was that even though that happened, Kevin actually introduced himself and said, Hey guys, like, I know your show sucked, but I listened to your band. I think you guys have something special. So just keep it up. So he was like the first person at that level who was like, kind of took us, I guess, seriously. Mm. And then a couple months later, when we went to, when we committed to the one studio to do bad times don't last, because we wanted to like, take it for real we went away to kentucky for two weeks and just like submerged ourselves in the ep um it was a studio he worked with so he was like i need to be your producer i'll like basically charge you nothing essentially um and so he's been with us ever since he actually he flew up to new jersey to help because we started our lp and um he flew up and was producing that too so but yeah so he introduced us introduced us to will and 
uh, he is the nicest human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. So That's if great. in case you ever want to know, meet your heroes, he's the man. <laughs> uh, but what's cool is like, they're so, one of the reasons like we picked to work with them is because they're so knowledgeable in music mm-hmm. and specifically like, like people don't realize, but Kevin's like some of his main influences are like refused and deaf tones. Wow. Uh, okay. But yeah, you hear yeah, like you hear, yeah, and like half the hit the lights riffs are Pantera riffs turned major key. Shut <laughs> that, actually, really? that actually makes <laughs> sense because a lot of their shit goes fucking hard. Oh like, yeah, especially like Summer Bones. Guitar, yes, like it goes fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're he's he's ridiculously he's kind of the one. Our breakdowns don't go as hard as them, but he's kind of showing us like how you can like you don't need a lot to make a breakdown cool, and that's like that's the, the genius of death tunes and like pantera and refused and um all these like old like you know i mean that's why newfound glory right like half their breakdowns are simple as hell but they go mm-hmm. harder than like any like metalcore thing half the time you know mm-hmm. um yeah and like will same thing like his main influence is like oasis and third eye blind and like jimmy Eat world right like no pop punk <laughs> yep. so when we got a chance to work with them, we also got to kind of expand ourselves beyond the pop punk realm. Like we're not just a power chord band anymore. Right. Like we have these big open chords and we're harmonizing leads and vocals and like really kind of taking like tones from these like bigger rock bands. And, um, you know, it, that's one of the, you know, so when we got to kind of talk with Will and Kev about like what we want to do and stuff like that, they were like all on board because they're like, finally, like, we don't want to just we've we've made enough pop punk records between the two of us. We don't want to make enough pop punk yeah, records. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so even though it is, you know, if I like broke down a lot of the music for each of like life in slow motion, even like the new songs we've been doing, um, it's pop punk just in nature, but like there's a lot more depth to it, and that's because of like what they've been teaching us, you know, that's go awesome. beyond the power chord essentially. Oh, that's so great. um yeah, so working with them, Seb was awesome. He was, you know, he taught like, his mixing for Life in Slow Motion was unreal. Um, and it was cool. Like, he made a point to call us on the phone and FaceTime with us for a good three hours just to oh, talk wow. with us and wow. get to know. And this, you know, I mean, and he, he, had, he didn't not owe that to us at all. He could have just kept everything via email. And yeah, I feel it, like that's unheard really of. To, wow. Yeah, he just really wanted to sit down and get to know who we were get to know what we want to do with the record uh talk personal shit in general you know especially you know someone like him who's like main writer for neck deep and stuff it was awesome just to kind of like pick his brain and um and for him to give us that amount of time you know with everything yeah so um but it's it's been it's been surreal honestly uh i don't want to you know take up too much time on it but you know it's still kind of i still have to like kind of pinch myself when i'm sitting <laughs> in a studio in nashville and i'm like look i'm like <laughs> here's the here's how i realized my life is a joke um <laughs> we were in nashville doing like some songwriting with kevin and will and for those who don't like know like cody grew up in a very religious household where like he went to like religion summer camps and he was listening to like religion like rock jams you know uh like basically creed but about like jesus um <laughs> and like kids bop dance music but it's all about god and stuff like that's what he like, grew up oh, on of, like you know his family dynamic um and but so did will 
So we're at the end, like they're, they realized they had that connection and they started just throwing out all these artists and songs (laughs) that they both like knew, (laughs) even though like 15 years apart in age, like or 10 years apart in age, like they all like, they both grew up on these like pop Jesus jams that you would play at like the, (laughs) the religious, you know, dances when you're in middle school and me, Kevin and Ryan are sitting in like the, like the control rooms, like couches. And we are watching uh, Will and Cody two-step to these, like, religious pop jams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I'm, like, looking I'm like looking back at them, like, this is a dude saying honestly and, like, saying anything and, like, did a whole bunch of fun. Are you kidding me? Like, this mouth is a joke. <laughs> That's a great story. Oh, That's so great. <laughs> and I'm just, like, I had to, like, pinch myself. And, like, Ryan's, like, what are you doing? I'm, like, because I don't think I'm in the room seeing Will from Cartel do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great um but like it but it's just it's been you know surreal and i'm i'm kind of i'm really stoked that like our hard work has like paid off to where we have people like them who genuinely want to work with us you know not just hey you guys have the money to work with me but like mm-hmm. i want to work with you i want to be your friend i want to hang out with you um actually my wife and i went to you know went to nashville in july and like and you know will met up with us and had lunch and talked for like wow, you know four awesome. hours and you know so it's like he's not just like the friend in the studio and then don't talk to me outside of that type deal wow. um another big shout out i want to give is uh we just started working with um nick for man overboard too yo that's sick oh shit that's awesome yeah so him and uh him and kevin are we had to we had to kind of shift up things for this new record that we've started and nick approached us and he really really wanted to do it and we worked with him in the past he did our song screwdriver believe it or not no shit. um yeah and he straight up admitted he thought we were dumb <laughs> oh my god <laughs> if you ever if you get a chance to, if you ever get a chance to meet nick somehow some way he is the most brutally honest like person you know like he'll just sit there and be like you're stupid like that's a dumb thing to say um and he straight up told us, he's like, yeah, when you guys came to me, I had, like, no faith in your band. I thought you were just another joke pop punk band that would, like, fade away after a year. And then, you know, after he saw, like, what we did with Bad Times Don't Last and what we were doing with Life in Slow Motion, he reached out wanting to do something with us. And we we wrote a song with him, and he sat us down. I was like, dude, like, I'm sorry for ever doubting you. Like, wow. full goalkeeper. And uh, so when we had to mix things up and change where we did the studio, Kevin was willing to fly wherever we wanted him to because he we wanted you know he, he we wanted him to do their next record um, because of our history together and Nick was down so uh, Kevin and Nick are spearheading this record and then Will is actually mixing it for us. Holy shit! That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah, and it's cool because Nick and Kevin they come from two completely different sounding bands, but they actually oh, yeah. realized they had they had a lot of uh, past interactions together before they even realized. Wow. So, you know, it was fucking sick to get to add like Nick's expertise too to um to the mix because he's also someone who's deeply inspired by so many old punk bands and hardcore bands and rock bands. And even like we wrote a song and we like, you know, he was like, yo, I think this chorus can end with something the way like the cars like do it. You know, and it and it does. If you, when it comes out and you hear it, you're like, yeah, that that tag at the end of the chorus is a very cars like idea. 
And so for us, that means a lot to us too, because, you know, he's bringing an even deeper, he's bringing another like kind of not classic, but a deeper level of not, he's not just another power, again, he's not just a power chord pop punk producer. He's like, no, like here are these older bands that revolutionized production and engineering and producers and all this stuff. Like, let's look at how we can be influenced by them to make these songs have so much more depth to them. That's taking it to a whole nother level. Oh, that wow. is really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that's, so it's a super long explanation. Um, but just to kind of just be brutally honest with like our thought process as to like how we chose to work with who we wanted to work with, you know, and um, it's been sick to find that out because we never knew, you know, again, like we never knew like growing up listening to Cartel or Hit the Lights or Man Overboard that they were inspired by anyone other than Blink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <that's> what you, <laughs> yeah. Or like Green Day, and then when you're sitting having conversation, you're like, seriously, like hit the lights is Pantera risk, but just major key, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. and, and you know you start to see like their eclectic backgrounds with like the bands they've been in, the bands they've worked with, the music they've written, and you're just like, okay, cool, because you know, that's what like helps us because we are inspired by like so much more, and having people who are the same way, but then also can teach us how to bring that to life in a pop punk song, you know, just that's why obviously this statement is going on for so long. So I'm just really excited about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's fine, man. It's great. Yeah. Talk all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing the in-depth like description of like all the elements that you're pulling together. Yeah, it's so uh, cool. Creative artists and stuff. And then that that's mm. really, really cool to hear. Like almost like a, a fly on the wall inside the studio being like, Whoa, I didn't know any of that either. So no, thank you for explaining all that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, it- and it's helped us like know what to look for when we go to work with somebody too, mm-hmm. you know, um, because like, you know, I mean, a lot of bands and what's nice too, in this day and age, like a lot of producers are making themselves available to bands of all levels, which is rad. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we didn't know when we were first starting is we didn't know what to look for, like in a producer or in like a songwriter, like a co-writer or something like that, because, you know, and we found out like just because someone's in your favorite band doesn't make it work. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, yeah. and stuff like that. So like really kind of getting to like talk to them and like kind of find that deeper background. And thankfully it was with the people, you know, who that is like with Will, 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 Nick and Seb and all of them. So um, it's just taught us a lot and going forward. And so like, you know, we're just really, really excited. And um, yeah. Yes. That's awesome. No, that's, <laughs> that's awesome, great. Man. That's so cool. So you guys, you guys are obviously recording a new, a new record. Um, yeah. Is there a date for that or? No, we just, uh, we just yet. started. Now nah, we just started. Um, that's what, that's what we spent doing um, during the say, set eating and drinking a lot. We spent, um, <laughs> we spent our pandemic writing music. So um, we were, we were all lucky enough to be able to stay safe and, Mm-hmm. Once the vaccines became available, we all got vaccinated and we all wore masks and you know, we were testing negative. So we were able to be one of the lucky ones that were able to get together on a weekly basis. I would say about three months after COVID really kicked in, whereas, you know, a lot of bands obviously didn't get together for a whole year. Yeah. So we've been pretty much with each other almost weekly since like June, July of last year. Oh, um, that's awesome. Wow. And right around the time, like Happy and all the music was like getting ready to be released so, um, you know, we kind of figured like we had all the, all the other stuff in place. So we're like, let's just start writing. 
Let's just see what happens. Even if none of these songs get used, like we're just getting the writing juices flowing again. And, you know, after the pandemic, hopefully subsides enough where we could tour like it is, we'll hopefully have enough material that when we have to go back to the studio, we can go mm. and not be like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> now what? <laughs> you know, and this was the first time we've ever actually taken a long time to write. We usually, <laughs> we usually book the studio time before we have a song. <laughs> Oh my oh, god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's the motivation to get it done. <laughs> yeah, like it was so we we when we started doing life in slow motion, um, we just signed with Lost, and we we're getting ready to talk about where we want to go. We we got we connected with Will and Kevin, got that all figured out, and it was like August of that of 2019. We we're like, yeah, let's go down like the last week of January, first week of February, to knock out like a five song pick. So we figured it all out. And then, like, you know, everyone's like, all right, so, like, how many songs do you have written for it? They're like, none. We have six oh, months to get this done. <laughs> oh, shit. And it was, a little, it was a little hairy there in the middle for a while. You know, nothing was – we had some serious writer's block at one point. Um, but that's how we kind of always did things. It worked out, but this was the first time we actually had, like, a whole year to really, like, dive in, write. We work with our another buddy, Kevin of ours. Like Kevin's in this group. Um, <laughs> he was in the area who could actually, he runs like a little home studio. So he was able to like allow us to come in and record and track the songs like in depth. So we can like really stack everything oh, wow. and kind of take what we learned from Will and Kevin and Nick and all the people and then do it ourselves and then present them the songs are almost kind of like fully produced. And then they could come in and make like the fine, like the changes they needed to make. And we did that over the year. And we're able to get, yeah, like a LP's worth of songs that everyone's fucking stoked about. So uh, we're hoping to have like the first single or two out by like January, February. That's like the plan. Oh, nice. All right. Hell yeah. We'll kind of see with our touring schedule and, you know, Mm -hmm. people's music videos and all that stuff, all that background stuff that has to get done to release a song. Um, But that's the goal. We try to keep it. Ha. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's so for us but it's so weird because like we started recording and we're like man we only played like four or five shows for like slow motion songs and we're like already getting ready (laughs) yeah because yeah we played we played a forensic engagement which was rad um and then man went to los angeles philly long island and now just dc yeah played five shows exactly for these new songs damn oh man wow yeah that's crazy you forget like how long COVID's actually been like yeah sometimes well it's like it's already been out for a year um the ep excuse me so i think that's one of the other reasons like us getting us starting this record it's not so much to be like a point of conversation like ooh, new song music coming it's more of like let's get this done while we have the time mm-hmm. because the rest of this year and all of next year, we're going to be busy as hell with like getting on the road. And like, we're doing some of the longest tours we've ever done. We're going to the, we're going to UK and Europe oh, next wow. June. Awesome. Yeah. We got a, it was announced. We got added to the booze cruise fest in Bristol, which was like, with like tiger's jar and make more and stuff that's like so that. That's so sick. Oh, I shit. love tiger's jar. That's so dope. <laughs> Dude, and that shit, that, that, that day, the pre, like the early bird tickets sold out in like an hour. Oh man, that's awesome! You know, so we're making a whole tour around that, and you know, we're gonna hit it. We're gonna head on over to Europe if we can make it work as well with like visas and stuff. So, 
you know, we're going to be so busy. It's like, let's just get this done now. And even if we like slow release music or it just gets delayed for a bit, it's done yeah, and we're ready, right. you know, versus a lot of bands who maybe couldn't get together. And then it's like, they're going to be scrambling to get music ready. So yeah. it's more of us just being like stupid prepared. That's good though. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's a bad good, thing. Yeah. It's a good place to be <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but of course we're getting the itch. Like, should we introduce a new song already? No. no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. These are technically still new songs. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, so it's 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 exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, you know, like I said, just a bunch of positive emotions, new music, and you know, getting to meet new people like you guys, and playing new cities, and getting back to touring. So um, you know, we'll basically see what happens. You know, hopefully everything just keeps going on the up and up that's yeah. awesome dude well thanks for sharing all that i appreciate that yeah, that's, that's like so really great. cool insight man and it's it's like i said i'm not gonna repeat it but that's really cool insight um but uh i kind of want to jump over to uh the mental health aspect if that's okay with you boys yeah Absolutely. hell yeah man yeah I'm wheelhouse yeah i know <laughs> so yeah that's a big that's a big thing why i wanted to get into this uh so like obviously like our whole podcast was a start because of pop punk music, music in general, and how mental health just means the world to us and how, you know, pop punk music has saved our life point blank. And we, it's with this being suicide awareness month and with us being, uh, with us trying to promote as much, you know, awareness. Uh, it's, it's awesome to have someone like you on with uh, your background. And I would just love it if you were uh, able to just explain like, what you do and and how how you are basically a professional in this so i have a master's degree in psych counseling psychology so i am master of course um <laughs> what is that no, wizard not, not a, master. <laughs> master hat yeah no not at all um yeah so yeah so master degree in counseling psychology and i've been doing it for about five years now I started in substance abuse. Um, I worked for Villanova University doing, um, I, I most accounts of the college because you just got too drunk. So, um, but of course, obviously there's, there's like underlying issues that through like the counseling sessions like come up and stuff. And then, then I moved over into um, opiate addiction. So, and because I'm, I'm sure Boston has its, its gripe and spite with opiate addiction and overdosing oh, yeah. and stuff. Um, Philadelphia, we have Kensington, which is like one of the worst in the country. It's actually, it's literally called the Badlands. You can Google Badlands on like, you know, come up in Philly. Um, so I moved into that field for about two years, uh, working with people with various substance abuse, um, excuse me, uh, disorders, uh, opiate, methamphetamine, even weed for crying out loud. I mean, you know, because anything can be, you know, anything can be abused if it's mm -hmm. used wrong. And so, uh, but then I moved into, I don't want to, for lack of a better term, like general mental health. So like I still work with like substance use, but my company that I work for, we specialize more in like mood and um, psychotic disorders. So depression, anxiety, bipolar, personality diet, uh, disorders, um schizophrenia schizoaffective like all that stuff so that's where like i'm at now like with what comes with that of course is a lot of substance use because i work with the uh, low income population heavily so we're we're, oh, okay. kind of, we're, we're we're a heavy like medicare medicaid um center mm -hmm. uh and we provide like medication management too which is 
you know, one of the, uh, the specialties compared to like a private practice, but so I do that. And, uh, it's, it's super, it's super challenging because you're kind of experiencing people at like, like the worst States, you know, um, like I actually just right before I got on the, um, on the call with you, I was finishing up a session with someone who's like, all right, I'm going to sleep in my car now. You know, oh, wow. They, it's type, that, that type of stuff we, we work with. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. That's like my nine to five essentially, or like nine to like nine, because yeah. <laughs> I have like, a, I think I have a 115 clients I actively work with right now. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I see about, I see between 40 and 60 a week, depending on the week. Wow. Jesus. Wow. Well, that's so, amazing that you're doing that. That is, yeah. Because that's just, you're, you're, a, you're a hero, honestly, because that's something a lot of people can't do. And that's just a beautiful thing that you're, you're changing and helping and saving lives. And I mean, I, I've seen therapists my whole life and it's, it's amazing that, you know, we have people as strong as you to be able to listen, hear, uh, give advice or just be an ear. Like that is so important. And like, we always say like, seek professional help. And like that, that is like, if you're scared or whatever, like it's so important that people like try and like, I tried it and I didn't like it for a while. Started Mm -hmm. back on it again in my late twenties. I love it now. Got on Mm -hmm. medication. Love it. Changed my life. Saved my life. I tried to take my own life. I did live in my own car, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Things we've talked about a lot, but like what you guys do as your profession is absolutely outstanding and, and, and I feel like it doesn't get enough credit that it deserves, but it also, I feel like it's not being put out there enough, not on your part, just on people talking about it. I feel it's scary. You know, it really is. Cause I mean, the whole premise is going in there and talking to a stranger about your deepest, darkest <laughs> fears and traumas and issues and, you know, mm-hmm. having them, you know, essentially like analyze and help you through it. Right. So like the whole idea is like, it's scary as hell you know, to go in there and, and talk to them. I mean, that's why we usually resort to like friends. But the problem is like our friends aren't trained to like right. actually listen and help, you know, and you're not, when you go to a friend, you're not seeking guidance. You're seeking the advice you want to hear. Yeah. And they're not you, objective. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you, if you, let's say you're battling with like a drink, like, you know, so maybe like maybe some slight alcoholism or something. Right. So you go out to a bar and punch someone out. Because, you know, you got drunk and aggressive because you're battling a little bit of an issue, some depression, anxiety, set you off in that state of mind, you knock somebody out. You go to your friend, what's your friend going to say? Well, they probably had a fucking coming, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're not going to tell you, know? you. Or even it's like, yeah, man, you're kind of an asshole. You should kind of watch yourself. Like, yo, the game's on tonight. So you're like trying to go back out. <laughs> like, you get a six so pack true. and like. <laughs> yeah, let's get six pack and talk about it. Um, yeah but so they're not giving you and like and honestly and and from the person's perspective if you're not going to your friends to seek the advice you don't want to hear you want to be validated and your friends and your family do that because a lot of times they don't want confrontation Mm -hmm. they don't want to look you in the eye and say no dude like you're fucking up (laughs) right now like we got to challenge just like you know this these cognitive distortions and these irrational thoughts and behaviors um and so just the idea of going into somebody and knowing that's kind of like what's happening is scary that's why i feel like the reason it's successful for people is because they've hit the stage of change where they're ready to take accountability and ready to make a change um you know and even if like the beginning of therapy it kind of starts off a little rough but then it gets better it's because you naturally just see that person 
starting to kind of, I don't want to say buy into it, but starting to like understand the value of it mm-hmm. and then getting to that, mm-hmm. that stage, you know, which is why a lot of times like in our teens and twenties, we're going through so much change and turmoil that we don't know where to turn. And so like a professional like therapist isn't even always the thing that we like look to because it's like, I don't know what to think right now. I'm just, yeah, I'm just like losing it, you know? Um, so I have, I don't work with teens, honestly, just because I don't have the temperament to be able to deal with that. Um, I don't want to say deal with that. That's rude. I don't, I don't work well with like teens and kids. That's just not my specialty. I work better yeah. with like our age and older college students. Um, and I think that's the other thing too, is not every therapist knows, they're not, they don't know their strengths and weaknesses, right? Like they'll take on a client because like, Ooh, money. I feel like right. I can help. Yeah. But you kind of have to know yourself. Same with being in a band, right? It's like, you mm-hmm. don't try to write a state champ song. They already exist. They're out there for the world. Find your own mm-hmm. sound. That's true. Same thing with like counselors. Like don't try to be a child therapist. If you don't like children or <laughs> you're not, yeah. you, you're not, you're not good like just be honest with you like i tell my supervisor all the time like mark can you take on this tenure no no Mm -mm. not at all (laughs) yeah no i cannot yeah and you're that's good though that's good because you're being you're being honest and like i feel like like you're not being rude you're just being like i'm not gonna be able to help this person because it's not a match so that's i think that's right well, I mean, and, and you know, you've seen, you saw, you know, you, you said you've been in therapy. You probably had some therapists where you're just looking at them like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, Dude, are you I, me right now? I started therapy <laughs> when I was nine years old and I remember yeah. going through at least four different therapists. And I remembered like when mm-hmm. I finally caught the one that was like, oh my God, this guy gets it. He actually cares or well, however I perceived it, I was young, but <laughs> I had a lot of those, which were just like, what? They don't even care. I, the last one I remember, uh, I was around 22, 23 years old and I got a therapist and cause I didn't see one since I was 16. So it's been like five, six mm-hmm. years. So our therapist uh, got to know her. I opened up, I was really hesitant. And then on our next appointment, I go in there and she starts off by calling me the wrong name and starts. Ooh. Yeah. She starts calling me the wrong name. And then when I bring something up, she starts telling me, things that are about somebody else that has not that's not me so she thinks i'm someone else and then i i tell her like that's not me she starts like backtracking and be like oh no 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 i'm just giving you examples and then when i start talking to her about it it just it was just not working and i left that office and never saw her again but it gave me a bad feeling and then i didn't see Mm -hmm. one until literally uh january this year i started up again that's an over that's an overworked therapist for sure you know um because I, you know, especially, was it especially, you know, some, like, especially with so many people in counseling, it's not uncommon to see a therapist who has 50 to 150 clients, yeah. you know, unfortunately, which makes it hard, but, but that also makes it that much more important for us as counselors to make sure we have that self-care and have that balance of like life. So we don't negatively impact who's coming to see us and who's opening up to us and asking for help. Like nothing's worse than going to somebody. I mean, we're kind of like, people flip out at the customer service at the grocery store because yeah. they can't be helpful. Imagine somebody you're opening up your deepest, darkest trauma to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's how I felt. I told I mean. her everything. And then she's like, okay, David. So today and I'm like, who the fuck is David? She does. This lady doesn't, this broad doesn't even care about me. And then it just went downwards. 
Yeah, so that's when you play. Like, you don't like. Do I have multi personality disorder? <laughs> she said OCD and depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think is that for is that for Stephen when David has this? <laughs> um, but yeah, but that can it can be hurtful, and then of course, yeah. like, you know, you know, it, in so many stories, it comes in that people never get the help again. They're like, nope, I have this negative idea of therapy, and I'm never going to see it again. Or if they have to go right for whatever reason or maybe they challenge them they go in their defensive like yeah. i'm gonna go in here like ready to be disappointed which is you know uh the, the, you know irrational thinking as well because you're kind of like setting yourself up to already fail because you think you're gonna fail that's self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy that's when people um, tell me they don't they don't want to watch this movie because it's gonna be bad but they've never seen it and then they're sitting there the whole time yeah it's a bad movie and it's like you let it went in there thinking it was you're on your movie. phone you're you're on the yeah. phone the whole time of course it was yeah. bad. you don't even know what's going on um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, I love it. It's very rewarding to do. It actually does help a lot with music as well, because, you know, kind of like having a therapist in the band, Ryan and Cody get to process a lot of like what they're going through. And then like when they try to uh, like, cause a lot of times, like, you know, when you're in therapy, it's also finding the language for what you're experiencing. A lot of times you don't have that language and that personal narrative, right. You can go online and say, you know, symptoms of x y and z and like you might fit yourself as like what's your personal narrative what's the language you would use to describe the way you feel about that certain thing and that's not kind of helped me with like help me help ryan and Cody with the songwriting because they're like yeah i'm kind of experiencing this in my life that i want to write about but i don't really know how to verbalize it. Mm. you know that's actually how like the song graveyard came about that's so fucking oh that's cool. so cool you know being able to you know kind of process like you know, but that's the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like you're digging your own grave before you're even dead because you just think it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, it's been helpful with that, but yeah. And honestly, it's like, there's it just, you know, when I, I've always wanted to do music, but therapeutic psychology is the thing that I found interesting outside of music that I wanted to do. And I think that also helps too, because a lot of us do jobs we don't really like, and then we don't try very hard. <laughs> so yeah it's nice to have something outside of the band that's like enjoyable to do as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And it does help that my job is super supportive of the band. That's one of the reasons I made the transition too. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) You know, yeah, great jobs and job and clients are all very supportive. So um, that makes it easy. That makes it a lot more validating as well that like when I get to tell them like, Hey, I'm going on tour. Like I've had some clients now because I've been working at the same job for almost three years. I have some clients now who've seen goalkeeper before bad times don't last came out and to like now where we're at. Wow. That's so, you know, so incredible. They're, they're on your own. They're on the journey with you, man. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it makes you more motivated and, but that's all it goes back to like, find what you love and just make it work you know whatever however you have to do it and i know it's easier said than done but and trust me i went through like multiple cruddy like counseling companies the the job itself and the people i work with role is great you know but the company sucked so excuse me um but that's what also makes it easier too and i think that's what happens with a lot of counselors is they work in a place that they're not happy in and then that ends up making them jaded to the job and then therefore they just naturally don't care as much yeah yeah i mean um, i had a i had a therapist fall asleep on me yeah yep <laughs> yep i was talking about how you know because i i had a drinking problem and a cocaine problem 
mm-hmm. and I was, you know, trying to get sober and trying to like find my way through the depression and anxiety and everything else. And I was talking to him about, I don't know, how hard it was going out and like not having a drink when you really wanted one. Oh, yeah. And I like kind of stopped my rant and I like looked at him and he was just snoozing. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Oh. I was like, I guess we'll do this next week. <laughs> this week, same time. <laughs> I could have sworn me throwing a chair through a window was pretty crazy, but I guess not. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I guess I got seen some shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, dude, this story's boring. I've seen some crazy shit. Yeah, chat through window, dude. You're like my 18th chat through window this week. Come on, switch it up. It's a classic. He's yeah, like, I've heard heroin in the eye. You know, you know the, uh, you know the Boston TikToker, be a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like throw a table through a window, be a man. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I will say, like, there's definitely some unique interventions. Um, like I've had some clients who come in and they just like don't want to talk, but that's like part of the process. Like they're trying to like feel you out. And I've straight up told them like, look, man, this is the fourth, third, fourth session in a row. I'm literally staring at you for 45, 60 minutes in silence. So you're going to sit there and I'm going to do work. So when you're ready to talk, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's actually been helpful because usually a lot of times it's like trust building, right? It's like, you keep staring at me, but like how, how long it's like, I'm just going to be honest with you, dude. Like you just keep staring at me. It's making me uncomfortable as your counsel. So I'm just going to do work <laughs> on my computer, but you know, when you're ready. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fucked up dude. I'm just going to call it what it is. That's fucked. Wrong yeah. name and falling asleep. Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, the doozies. Some... What's up? What's, what's up in there in Boston? Dude? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it is just some some crazy ass people over here. That's all. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I've I've heard the same thing, and I've heard the same thing in Philly too. Unfortunately, I, I've heard some horror. I mean, the job I started, like you know, the doctor psychiatrist we had. Um, and for those who don't know, therapists, psychologists are the ones who mainly do the counseling. Psychiatrists are the ones mm-hmm. who prescribe the medication. Um, so our job hasn't split up and, you know, the one psychiatrist I started the first week and they're like, oh yeah, this is the Dr. So-and-so. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And then like the very next day, like Dr. So-and-so is not with us anymore. We found that he was like fucking a few of the female clients. Oh, we're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like that happens. That's real. I get, uh, Jesus. Wow. Um, Holy. yeah. So, I mean, it's everything. It, it sucks, you know? And I think that's one of the the hard parts about therapy because it's so easy to say like you should go get the help get the professional help right? mm-hmm. I, I wear I, I wear hope for the day like wristband like it's hey, okay not be okay look look oh i got it that's too, right yeah. bro ski that's so go. sick oh hell yeah <laughs> never, never take it off me neither um, bro <laughs> and so it's like it's so easy to say it but when you hear these horror stories or you experience them it just turns you off so mm-hmm. quickly you know, and how how can you not like you're again you're going in there scared as shitless, you know you're about you're trying to open up these issues or just allowing yourself to be put into a vulnerable position for somebody to look at you and say let's talk about how that's an irrational thought like let's mm-hmm. talk about yeah. how that's like wrong, and then someone falls asleep on you or like you've been working with someone for a few weeks where you feel like you're getting connected and you're saying Stephen like. You know, they call me the the wrong name and tell the wrong. They're talking about the wrong. So like that's so that can be traumatizing in of itself. Yeah, like I said, that put me yeah. off for years. But no, you're not wrong. And I I feel like, I I feel like it's just like important to at least try though. But 
again, it is scary because it took me, oh, like I said, it, it, it threw me off for those, what is that, 23, I'm 29 now. Yeah, that's six, six years, years yeah. until I started doing it again. And it mm-hmm. took another, it, the reason I started at 23 is because I went in a really bad, bad place. And then yeah. I went okay for a while. And then when I'm 28, 29, I went, it took another drastic downfall, which maybe could have been a little different if I continued to have the, you know, confidence mm-hmm. with a therapist that maybe cared mm-hmm. a little bit more i mean i'm not saying she's a bad person because i'm sure she obviously didn't do it on purpose but it's very unfortunate when those things happen and those stories like mm-hmm. you say can scare people but i mean yeah music's music's saved saved our lives mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing right well i don't like into like sharing their stories right it's like hey other people like it's it's okay right like and one thing i always like to say because a lot of times like, I talk heavily about, they're called cognitive distortions and they're basically like irrational, like beliefs and truths. And the most common ones are like uh, overgeneralizing, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, sometimes you say like, nothing ever goes my way. Well, that's like an overgeneralization. Like some stuff goes your way. Like, you know, yeah. that's to be like false. Um, and so my, my saying that I always say is um, it's like same jacket, different person, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, just because they're wearing the psychotic, the therapist coat doesn't mean that they're the same person wearing it as before. So it's mm. like different, same coat, different person. Um, and that's, and for everything too, right? Like someone might listen to a pop punk band and think, oh, this song sucks. Like all pop punk sucks. It's like, no, like you're right. pop punk <laughs> jacket, but you know, different people, different <laughs> band. <laughs> so that's what I always kind of like say to people who are like afraid or maybe nervous about starting up therapy, especially if they had like a, a hard time. It's like, look, you know what you're looking for? Same code, different person, just kind of going with that mindset. Maybe go in there with a little ca- like some caution. Don't just go in there and spill your guts right away, you know, kind of feel it out. So, and then, you know, hopefully you find the person that clicks, you know? So. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I very yeah, much that appreciate awesome. it. <laughs> Thank you. I was looking so forward much. to that. Very, And I know a lot of people are going to benefit from that. And a lot of people hearing this are going to, I don't know. I'm just excited for them to hear this. We've never had yeah, something yeah. come with like a profession of that. And that's like, that's half of this, this podcast. Thing. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so exciting. Like, yeah, it's so awesome. We were talking about how you get excited. Like we get excited about pop punk and basically mental health awareness. And like you're, mm-hmm. we just correlated that. And it's just, it's just really cool. I'm really excited. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm happy to bring, I love being able to talk about it because you're right. So it's such a unique experience because again, like a lot of the people I meet and talk with, it's like they love pop punk, but they've had their bout. And not like I haven't had my own bouts, right? I deal with it. I'm in a pop punk band for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> you have to be sad at some point. Something's yeah, wrong with God. you. It, it's like it, comedians. I, I, you just, just text Ryan and Cody and ask them like, what's Mark like before a record's about to drop? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I mean, just to, on the way home today, I called Ryan to talk about like tours and he's like, calm down, dude. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's just like, it is like a, a unique position that, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was able to like have the privilege to be able to like study it and, and go to college and like do all that stuff. And, you know, hopefully the experience I get to share, you know, help someone out. That's all I can ever hope for. And, always have like my dms available if anyone ever needs to like ask them advice i get a lot of people do that now like hey you're a therapist how do i approach this like do x y and z cool thanks that's you know? so sick oh that's so awesome that's so yeah. cool no free therapy because that's unethical but i will tell you how to go about it <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> but oh, yeah. um 
but yeah, so it is cool and I, I do like it. And I think it also helps, you know, especially like toy, like, you know, like, so like, you know, just being able to kind of have like, like the skills that I've been, like I said, fortunate enough to be able to study and, and share and talk about and how it parlays so well into like music, you know, too. And Ryan and Cody, I, will, I give them a lot of credit because they're the main writers. Um, they work really, really, really hard to make sure that whatever they talk about in a song comes across as genuine and not like insulting ever. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's so, why I like fell in love with pop punk so much because it was like, mm-hmm. it's like one of the only real, like, I know there's exceptions to it, but it's like the only real genre that's like real and raw and like, it feels like the truth, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. when like Parker Cannon says like trying hard, real hard not to lose my temper. Like it, it, I can like feel that, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just any, I mean, of course I'm trying to think of a line myself and I can't cause I'm <laughs> <laughs> as I'll put on the spot, but yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, look at like neck deeps, let's not to get you. Yeah. Oh my God. Riddled with it or, you know, um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, Topaz is my favorite Blink record, because that's like one Same. of the first. Same. Yeah, like one of the first time. And they, they did a little bit of Enemy of the State, and they definitely did it with like self-titled um, and then on. But that was like where you start to really kind of get like, um, excuse me, the opposite side of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not like, a you know, not just dick songs, super happy, like guys, like you're starting to really understand like Tom's broken home situation, like stay together for the kids. And, um, and and it's one example, I'm not going to go through a million, but like, excuse me, as that, it's actually something that really we we wanted to focus on with life and slow motion is let's bring the other side of us because bad times don't last was so, and even the stuff before was like, so kind of nauseatingly happy and positive Mm -hmm. that like, it's unrealistic to think we don't have our bad days. So Um, that's something we wanted to like bring and we definitely want to bring to like the new record we're working on now too. Um, and I think that's something that's great about pop punk is you can get on the same record, this like awesome, like love song, like first date or rock show, mm-hmm. but then you can just get like the rip your heart out emotion, you know, right. that relates to you on a whole different level. And it kind of really, you know, I think that's why the genre speaks to so many people when they listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Like that that was how I felt about proper dose. Like the way you just mm-hmm. just explained toy patch was like proper dose like helped me get sober, helped me get over like mm-hmm. probably one of the worst breakups I've ever had. Like that album just came at the perfect time and it was the yep. perfect mix of everything. Like anger, sadness, happy, like mm-hmm. it was all of it. Yeah. It was so that weird. was like that that, that. The stories so far, just to speak on them, are the only, I feel like one of the few bands in pop punk that every record become, like every new record becomes their best record. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Talking about like the biggest fans of it. So yes, <laughs> yeah. I, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can even look on like Spotify, like just the way their albums are ordered from like who, who what people listen to the most. I mean, that's like the way it is. You know? Yeah. Proper Dose, self-titled. I mean, Proper Dose is most streamed, self-titled. Um, things you, what's the things you can't see? And see. yeah. And then um, uh, why, am I, why am I blanking on like the uh, shit? What's the first LP? Under soil and under, dirt. Under soil, thank you. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, they're one of the only, I feel like one of, not only, but one of the few bands that's like every new record is instantly their best record. So yep, yeah, they, they just topped it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yep. crazy. No, I find, I don't find myself going back to their early catalog as much as like their new catalog, which is always a great sign, yeah. you know, and, that, oh, and yeah. it speaks, speaks highly of them as songwriters and, you know, you don't care that it take five, six years almost between records. I know, <laughs> dude. Oh, no, no, I care. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, I care. <laughs> what these fucking teases they've been doing lately. Yeah. I know. Want to post every month, Parker Cannon. Did you, did you get to see them at Sad Summer? No, they oh, um, they had COVID. Oh, during your day? Yeah, they did. Yeah. We didn't even go to Sad Summer. That was the only reason we were going. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's how yeah that's a that's why so many dates i mean the philly they added the wonder years i thought that was cool like if they yeah. had come to boston i probably would have gone to see them yeah because they added mm-hmm. four years strong to yeah and i mean i've seen far. four years strong a yeah, hundred million them. times so yeah yeah i was gonna say like do you guys have those bands up there too where you're like yeah i've seen this i don't need to see them again i've mm-hmm. seen them a lot already <laughs> yeah that would be Four years strong would be that band. That yep. They were just like, yeah, they'll be here next year. It's no big deal. And like, no knock yeah. on them. Just like, we can see. No, them. no, like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Like, it was oh, yeah, yeah. a loss for words. Like, it was just the same thing. Like, we will see them. We will always be able to see them. Uh, mm-hmm. Vanna, all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's how it is. And um, it was funny when Grayscale was on the up and up, they were opening up a lot of the bigger shows I, um, before they got signed to like Fearless. And one of my friends was like, the amount of times I've accidentally seen Grayscale. Yeah, well, because that's, that's what, what's been happening to us for a little bit is we were, we're starting to get a lot of like the bigger shows is like, hey, we need, we're going to add a local to this. And we want you guys to be a local. So we've gotten to play with like real friends and with Con, Seaway and like all these bands. So fucking sick. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask about how fucking cool that must have been. Oh, it's it's insane. Cause I mean, you grow up watch, going to these shows on watching the stages. Like, how do I just play that, but not be like a buy on band? You know, where it's <laughs> yeah. Because like, I mean, that and that happens. I we've had bands in the scene who paid, like, oh, I'm not gonna nickname names or anything, but they paid a band like 20k to go on tour. Holy fuck! Do they like you get know? that? Do they get money back, or is it just to so try and promote? So the way buy-ons do typically work is, you know, your agent, which buyer this agent, if that ever happens for your band. Um, but the band or the agent will approach like the headliner, let's just say like Silverstein, right? Mm-hmm. They'll approach Silverstein's agent and say, yo, my band's interested, you know, can we do a buy-on? And like that, if they, if it's something that they want to entertain, which some, it's like nine, nine, eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10, they don't, but they'll basically throw that small ass band like a number like oh you can buy onto this tour and be on the whole tour as the opener for like 30k and so then that band pays the pays a headliner thirty thousand dollars and then they're the opener um you know and they get the same perks right they're on the tour package on the flyer they're you know they all that other shit but they just bought onto the tour um and basically you hope that you'll make enough money through merch and see yeah. enough growth and maybe you'll make your money back but let's get real you're oh probably not going to God. like i know one of my friends tried to buy onto a bigger band i'll just say day to remember they tried to buy onto a day to remember show and it was a 10k for one show holy fuck what yeah they, that's what you know and of course they said no because they don't have ten thousand dollars but <laughs> and you never want and you never want to do that because you become the buy on band anyway you yeah, know it's no. like even if you're popping off and like 
you know, going on your own tours and bringing hundreds of people to a show, why would anyone want to book your band if they know you'll pay to be on it? It's like, yeah, well, we could put them on and just have them bring people or we can have them pay us 40K, cover uh, a lot of man. our expenses as the headliner, and then they'll still bring their several hundred people to our show. Mm. Yeah, you oh, built yeah. that uh, just... into you. Yeah, kind of screw yourself there. Yeah, so it's... Uh, <laughs> See, I never yeah, knew that existed either. That's me so neither, cool. yeah. Like, cool, mm-hmm. but like, great. Like, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it's a, it's the dark side of it. So, but it, so like for us, when we started to get these opportunities, like, would we have to do like the pre-sale tickets for the first couple of shows? Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not against pre, and I'm not against pre-sales for one of for one reason. I used to work as a promoter, so I know like the show business side of things. You know, any band can email you and say, "Oh, if you add us to this four-year strong show, we'll bring 150 people." Right? Anyone mm-hmm. can send that email, but the problem is like it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like put as like we played with like real friends and we sold all the tickets we needed to sell. And there were still some people who I thought were like a guaranteed buy like, yo dude, we're playing with real friends. You're going to buy this ticket. They're like, nah, I'm not into it. I don't really like real friends anymore. You know? So you're like, oh shit. So as a promoter, if you put on this unknown, small local band, pop punk band from the area and just throw them on the show, they might not bring anybody. And the whole idea they're adding locals is to kind of push numbers a little bit. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. or maybe they really like the band. They want to give them a chance, which is thankfully the people we're connected with for us, you know, but they still need to like cover their expenses. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we did, a, we did the pre-sales for a couple of shows. And then now that we, you know, we've, uh, kind of proven that we can bring out the numbers every time consistently and the people show up. So never buy your tickets, either bands, because if you buy a hundred tickets and hand the promoter money, yes, they will be happy that they have a hundred tickets worth of money, but they're going to be super pissed off on a hundred people that you said bought tickets. Don't show up to buy alcohol, to buy merchandise, to buy food or pay for parking and all that other shit that, you know, people, the venues make money off of. Um, So, you know, for us, like we, you know, and they are pre-sell, all the people would come, they'd stay, they drink heavily, thankfully. <laughs> so now we don't so now we don't have to do it anymore. If um if it's a show they want to add us to, we don't have to do that whole thing. But um yeah, don't buy on the shows and don't buy your tickets. <laughs> wow, I never like, knew that. That is cool. Like I don't think people like people I think hear a hundred and they're like, Oh, that's not that much. That's not bad. I could do that. It's like no, like I don't even think I know a hundred people. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, and about oh, yeah. five of them will show. Yeah, it's like and dude, dude, and we got lucky. If you would have told us to do that before "Bad Times Don't Last" came out, man, we would have kicking ourselves. We've been asking like that friend who, you're like, man, I'm still friends with them on Facebook after five years. Yeah, hey, let's see what they're up to. <laughs> yeah, hey, we never talked. We haven't talked in six years. I'm pretty sure this is that account's not even really activated anymore. But you want to buy a ticket to see me play a show for fifteen dollars? at 5 30 in the afternoon <laughs> on a wednesday <laughs> yeah it's like no um but i mean and you know so for us it's been you know it's been really we don't mind doing that stuff to earn it because like i said we also understand the, the back end side of things like you know we could have easily played any other shows and had nobody show up and then we would have just you know kind of you know not really helped and just made a bad name for ourselves so and you know, not knocking anybody who doesn't want to do it. That was just the way we did it. It's, it's worked out for us, you know? So, yeah, um, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, that's like, I mean, I'm not going to go into it. That's not what the podcast is about, but yeah, there's a whole dark side of like that stuff of like buy-ons and 
the local bands who buy all the tickets because they can't sell them, you know, and they think oh. that the promoter's just happy that you're giving them the money. But again, you know, you're supposed to, you're telling you're going to bring a hundred people. They're expecting it. Maybe they'll all buy at least a drink or half yeah. of them will buy a drink for $6. <laughs> right. True. So, well, when you say you sold a hundred tickets and you have 10 people in front of you. <laughs> Yeesh. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, talk about stress. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right? I'll say. Holy shit. So, but Damn. yeah. Well, man. Oh, that's cool man that that's just this has been fucking awesome yeah i appreciate you coming on man <laughs> this has been great well let me thanks for letting me rant i talk a lot unfortunately oh it's cool no we know <laughs> we do it so too. much information like it's so awesome like i feel like people are gonna love this because you like really went in depth on like the whole recording process and everything else and it's just been great mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah i mean not to sound douchey or conceited or anything we just never want to be the band that like hides things well, I'll yeah. tell, you, you know, tell you exactly how something went down. You know, unless we're like, of course, if there's like, if there's like a secret, like we can't tell you yet because it's like a secret <laughs> announcement or something. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, I never want to, I never want to be the, I mean, I've dealt with those types of bands. Like, yo, how'd you get onto that show? Pff, oh, man, when you're as big, you'll, you'll you, I can't tell you that, dude. Like, it's a secret. <laughs> oh, my, oh. Suck, suck, suck my whole ass, dude. Yeah, it's whole, um, the whole thing. <laughs> on a silver fucking platter. Um, but, you know, so it's like for us, like we've dealt with enough people who have been like that, like snot nosed assholes who just, you know, they don't, you know, they make some, they get some success and they just kind of like screw off and don't want to tell you. So we've always wanted to be as like open, as honest as possible. Um, and respectful, of course, too. That's why like you won't name names or things like that. But just, yeah, you know, right. like, like, hey, this is what we've learned. You know, this is our this is our story. Hope you like it. Hope it doesn't bore you. <laughs> oh man, it's been this is yeah, incredible. It's been a, this has been an honor, man. Um, I w- I would love you to promote anything and I, everything where people can find, listen, buy all that stuff before we uh say our final words. Yeah, well, I mean, stream stream and buy music wherever you stream and buy music. We're on all of it, which is sick. Um, and then if you, you check out like the social media page, like we have the, uh, life in slow motion run with our partners and uh, friend circle starting this week. Uh, and then we have another, excuse me, another run in October that we'll be doing from Florida up through like the East coast. And yeah, just keep an eye out for shows and we're going to try to hit a lot of new areas this year for the first time. So hopefully we'll, you know, we'll come by, you know, city near you. Hello. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say, Batchy, before we head out of here? No, just thank you again, Mark. This has been incredible. Um, yeah. Your insight's been unbelievable, <laughs> for real. This yeah, has been seriously. Awesome. We got to do this oh, again you. soon. Yeah. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, hopefully, we'll have new music to talk about then, too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, man. Well, thank you. Bye. And keep keep doing the, the amazing work you're doing with the therapy and the music and all that stuff. And um, yeah, man, keep rocking on. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And I love this podcast too, by the way. Thank awesome. You. Thank, Thank you so much. much. That, means the awesome. that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Everyone, have a great night. I'm going to go eat. I'm sure Mark is and Nick, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you are too. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, know, yeah. I know Mark is. So, <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm yeah. going to eat again. So everybody, uh, have a great night. All right. All right. We'll you too, guys. guys. Thanks again, dudes. All right. Later. Later. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mark. 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 
Fuck. Mark. <laughs> Dude, we gotta do like a Mighty, Di- Mighty Ducks uh, Mark chant. Wow, that was... Wow. That was so good. What was... an amazing fella. Yeah, really nice guy. Really good band, too. Go check those guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, on, I don't think we're gonna be able to make it Tuesday to see them next Tuesday. Yeah, I won't be here. I'll be in New Hampshire. So hopefully the next time when they come in October, we'll be able to head out and see them. That would oh, be yeah. fucking awesome. Definitely will. We'll have to make that happen, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely if you're in the Boston area, uh, Tuesday, September 21st. Um, Austin, Massachusetts. Yeah, definitely go see Goalkeeper with Friend Circle and Promise Game and Golly Lagging. For sure. I uh, I haven't heard golly lagging, but uh, I know Promise Game's dope. I know Friend Circle's dope, and obviously Goalkeeper's fucking tremendous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a good that was a good time. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, that's all I got, really. I don't know. <laughs> no, I got. I don't have much, dude. I mean. We're recording a few days after the other one, so we kind of just went through everything. So, yeah, oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, get yeah. ready for Dukey's. Um, Dukey's next week, everybody. Yeah, Dukey will be dropping next week, baby. So get ready for the big Dukey. Yeah, the but. The but. That's how I poop. Oh my god! All right. Um, well, yeah. This again, we're gonna say it every episode. So sorry, but not. Um. Yeah, so, you know, like we've said, um, you know, it's it's uh, Suicide Awareness Month um, this whole month. And, I mean, you just heard us talk for two hours about mental health, basically, um, and how important it is and how important seeking help is. So, again, if you are having these thoughts, please reach out to someone or you know, Google ways to help and contact someone from NAMI or the crisis hotline or, you know, the Trevor project's always out there for anyone struggling with anything. Uh, There are resources out there to help you. Um, Again, me and Steve can point you in the right direction. I'm sure Mark will gladly point you in the right direction. Uh, I just want to pull up his Instagram real quick so I can give that to people. Absolutely. Uh, his Instagram is pop underscore goes underscore Mark. Um, again, if you have any questions mental health wise, he's not going to give you th- free therapy, as you heard him say, but he will give you advice and point you in the right direction on where to seek help and how to get it. Uh, again, that's mental health, substance abuse. You heard it all. So anything you need, you could contact us. We can look it up and help you, or you can contact him or go on Google. But anything you guys need, this there is people out there who will help you, hundred percent. So, with that being said, we are gonna play out with "Graveyard" by Goalkeeper. So check them out, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Peace out, home slicey dog man. Later, everyone. Have a great week. And remember, it's okay not to be okay.